38K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. The health secretary warns of further possible local COVID cases, even though the transmission chain has been identified. The catering and beauty sectors urge government to help it to weather this latest shutdown. And the housing authority says it has enough cash to build 100,000 public units in the next five years. Health Secretary Sophia Chen says Hong Kong is still at risk of more local coronavirus cases, even though officials have identified the transmission chains of recent infections. Contact tracing has now found that a surveyor who was previously considered an unlinked case probably contracted the virus from the mother of a flight attendant when they breakfasted at around the same time at a restaurant in Tin Hao. The health chief told an RTHK program that officials are tracking down other people who ate there over the same period last Friday. She said an Indonesian domestic helper, who was also infected by the flight attendant's mother, might have carried the virus to a hostel she visited. An an infectious disease expert advising the government, David Hoy, says he's relatively optimistic that the latest coronavirus outbreak can be brought under control in 14 days. Speaking in an online interview, the Chinese university professor said it's now clearer how the recent confirmed patients got infected and their close contacts have been quarantined. But he added that the authorities need more time to see if a recently identified Victoria Park cluster sparks a wider community outbreak. Catering sector lawmaker Tommy Chung has warned that many restaurants may be forced to close before Chinese New Year without government help. Mr. Chung says he backs the government's move to impose a two-week evening dining-in ban to fight the Omicron outbreak, but stressed that many restaurants are struggling, with many bookings cancelled, but they still had to pay bills and staff bonuses. Lacking all that money before the month of Chinese New Year will cause a huge cash strain and cash flow problem. So I'm asking the finance secretary to, I know he doesn't have the money, he has to go to let's go. But at least if he started the procedure, at least uh, businesses and banks will know that uh, there's money coming. The chairman of the Federation of Beauty Industry, Nelson Ip, says the sector is angry and shocked at the government's move to order the closure of beauty parlors for two weeks. He says if the measure remains in force until the Chinese New Year, the sector would likely lose more than $3 billion. Mr. Ip questioned why beauty parlors have to shut when no one had been infected there. He also urged the government to provide short-term subsidies so beauty parlors could pay their staff before the Chinese New Year. Please allow me to say this. Every time it's us and 10 or so other sectors that have to make sacrifices. What's the point? Over the past one to two years, the chief executive and some former officials have repeatedly praised the beauty industry for its work fighting the virus. We've maintained zero infection so far, so we never expected that we would have to close again. Earlier, a prominent virologist questioned why the government is waiting to tighten pandemic restrictions, calling for decisive intervention right now, given how quickly the Omicron variant spreads. Professor Malik Paris from the University of Hong Kong also said the government should consider opening up more vaccination centers as more people rush to get jabs. He was commenting about the tougher measures to be imposed from tomorrow which include banning flights from high-risk countries, closing some entertainment venues for 14 days, and a ban on dining in at restaurants after 6 p.m. Preemptive intervention at this stage was absolutely crucial because we know how, how quickly, how fast Omicron spreads. 
um, and, and given the multiple clusters that we can already see, and in fact, I, I'm afraid we could have predicted, given the four index cases and where they had been moving around, um, I think the only hope of rapidly getting back to where we were is to take uh, uh, quite decisive interventions right now. However, a medical expert advising the government on the city's coronavirus vaccination program said the new measures are better than doing nothing. Professor Lao Yu Lung, the chairman of the Scientific Committee on Vaccine Preventable Diseases, said the authorities needed to prevent a tsunami of infections, as seen in the U.S. and Europe, to avoid overwhelming the healthcare system. He spoke to RTHK's Backchat program. Well, it's uh, better than not doing anything. Uh, from the experience um, in America and in European countries, I think we have to do uh, our utmost in order to make sure the tsunami, if it really comes, will not be a tsunami, but rather try to turn it into a big wave that we can handle and will not overwhelm our healthcare system. That is the number one uh, aim. The Italian government says it will make coronavirus vaccination compulsory for people over the age of 50 and will fine anyone who does not comply. The decision, which came after a long cabinet meeting, met with some resistance from right-wing parties within the governing coalition. The BBC's Mark Lowen has more. After extending mandatory COVID vaccine passes to most venues, the government has now decreed that the over 50s must be jabbed or face fines, with the measure in place until mid-June. The Prime Minister, Mario Draghi, spoke of the need to reduce pressure on hospitals and slow infections, which rose to a new record high of almost 190,000 on Wednesday. Very few countries have imposed compulsory vaccinations on age groups, but Italy, the first Western nation to be overwhelmed by the virus in 2020, has often gone further and faster than others. Back locally, and the Housing Authority estimates that it will have enough funds to build 100,000 public flats over the next five years. The authority said that although its rental housing operations will mostly be in the red in the near future, surpluses from its commercial properties and home ownership flats should offset the deficit. Its financial committee chairman, Chen Kalok, said the public housing account may even be back in black next year if no further rental concessions are offered. The change of the budget from uh, this year to the next year, again, it is really a uh, reflection of uh, the rental concession that we have really offer in the year versus that uh, next year that we are really based on the assumption that there is really uh, no such uh, rental concession. But again, that is really the assumption. And of course, that the uh, housing authority will certainly take into account of the situation to see whether there's any further concession to be offered. The U.S. Attorney General has promised to hold accountable all those involved in the deadly attack on Congress in Washington a year ago. Five people died after thousands of outgoing President Donald Trump's supporters stormed the Capitol building. Speaking ahead of today's anniversary of the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, the Attorney General Merrick Garland said there could not be different rules for the powerful and the powerless. The Justice Department remains committed to holding all January 6 perpetrators at any level accountable under law, whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. We will follow the facts wherever they lead. Earlier, the police chief responsible for the U.S. Capitol building told a Senate hearing security was much tighter there now. 
In New York, lawyers for the convicted sex offender Ghislaine Maxwell have called for a fresh trial after recent comments made by one of the jury members to the media. The British former socialite was found guilty last month of grooming and trafficking young girls to be sexually abused by the late American financier Jeffrey Epstein. Here's the BBC's Not a Topic. In three different press interviews, the juror, who asked to be identified by his first and middle names, Scotty David, revealed that he had been sexually abused as a child. Jurors were asked to disclose that information in a questionnaire ahead of their selection and to declare under penalty of perjury that their answers were true. Prosecutors highlighted that in his interviews, Scotty David said he flew through the survey and did not recall that specific question. Engineers are preparing to unpack the giant mirror on the new James Webb Space Telescope, which was launched into orbit 12 days ago. The observatory is on a mission to study the very first stars to shine in the universe. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Amos. The giant golden primary mirror is really the defining feature on the telescope. It's the largest astronomical reflector ever sent into space, and its great size will enable scientists to see the faintest objects from the farthest reaches of the cosmos. But like much else on James Webb, the mirror needs unpacking. It was sent up like a drop-leaf table, with its sides tucked back. These now need to come out to allow the telescope to be properly focused, a task that will begin next month. So far, all deployments have gone very smoothly. With a properly set-up mirror, we can expect to see the first pictures from Webb by the middle of the year. North Korean state media have reported that the country has successfully tested a hypersonic missile. It was the second reported test of what Pyongyang claimed were hypersonic gliding missiles. Hypersonic missiles move far faster and are more agile than standard ones, making them much harder for defense systems to intercept. The official Korean Central News Agency reported that the missile carried a hypersonic gliding warhead that precisely hit a target 700 kilometers away. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 22,800. That's 107 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $74 billion. Currencies, the U.S. dollar will buy 115.81 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 13 cents. The pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 55 cents. The world's number one men's tennis player Novak Djokovic is facing deportation from Australia after the authorities there revoked his visa. Djokovic flew to Melbourne to defend his Australian Open title after saying he'd been given a medical exemption from the country's COVID vaccination rules. But border officials said he failed to provide evidence to meet their requirements. The Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison said no one was above the rules. People are welcome in Australia. But if you're not double vaccinated and you're not an Australian resident or citizen, well, you can't come. And many countries have those rules around the world, and we have them, and they've been very important for securing Australia during the course of this pandemic. And so it, it is on them to have uh, the proof um, to show why they wouldn't have to be vaccinated. Now, he was unable to furnish that proof to the Border Force officers um, uh, at the airport last night, and they're the rules. And it happens many, on many occasions, and that's what's now happened. The president of Serbia, Alexander Vucic, condemned the way Novak Djokovic has been treated in Australia. He said that the whole of Serbia supported him. It's advantage Chelsea over Spurs in the English Football League Cup semifinals. 
Left-footed ball. In it goes to the edge of the six-yard box. It's deflected in. It's an own goal. It was headed across the box by Tanganga. It hit his teammate Davis, flew into the back of the Tottenham net, and Chelsea lead by two goals to nil. And that really is a horror of a goal to concede. Chelsea defeated Tottenham 2-0 in the League Cup semi-final first leg. Kai Havertz and an own goal settled it at Stamford Bridge. With Romelu Lukaku back on the Chelsea team after saying he wanted to leave the club, manager Thomas Tuchel was asked what he thought of the performance by his record signing in his latest win. I'm happy with the performance. I like how he played. He was he was strong. He was involved. He was uh, strong and uh, showed huge commitment in our defensive work which was important and uh, was always dangerous, always used his body had, uh, and, and, and uh, was, always, uh, was always involved in dangerous situations. Um, I expected it, honestly, because Romelu can handle pressure and can handle adversity. And um, he, he seemed to be relaxed after the decision was made and, and after uh, we, we, we finished our talks and he finished his talks and knew what's going on. Liverpool's League Cup semi-final first leg against Arsenal set for tonight has been postponed because of a severe COVID-19 outbreak at the Anfield Club. Assistant boss Pep Linders became the latest to have to isolate. Linders took charge of Sunday's Premier League draw at Chelsea with manager Jurgen Klopp already isolating. Players Alisson, Joel Matip and Roberto Firmino also missed the game, while three other staff members tested positive. More details from the BBC's Ian Dennis. A postponement, the only course of action for the EFL after reviewing the circumstances following Liverpool's request. Subsequently, Liverpool's training ground has been temporarily closed and the club reporting an ever-increasing number of COVID cases. As a result, it means the order of the ties has now changed. Arsenal and Liverpool will still meet as scheduled at Anfield next Thursday, but that will now be the first leg with a new date of Thursday the 20th of January for the second leg to be played at the Emirates. It remains to be seen whether Liverpool's FA Cup tie against Shrewsbury Town this weekend can go ahead. Olympic chiefs have urged all participants at next month's Winter Games in Beijing to be extra vigilant. After a closed-door meeting with national Olympic committees, Beijing 2022 organizers and international federations, Juan Antonio Samaranch, who chairs the IOC Coordination Commission for Beijing 2022, said everything was on track to stage a safe Olympic Winter Games. However, organizers said it's still a critical time for everyone to follow the anti-pandemic measures set out for the Winter Olympics. And to end the news, the top stories once again, the health secretary warns of further possible local COVID cases, even though the transmission chain has been identified. The catering and the beauty sectors urge the government to help them. And the housing authority says it has enough cash to build 100,000 public units in the next five years. Looking at the weather, current temperature 23 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 63%. And that's the news from RTHK.
And welcome to the one two three show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday. Sorry, Thursday afternoon, Thursday the sixth of January is today's date. Many thanks once again to Phil Whelan, Phil for the morning brew, and to the newsroom team. My name is Noreen Mayer, and I will be here until three o'clock this afternoon. We'll be chit-chatting, and after the two o'clock news, we welcome back on the program Sadia Osmani, who will join us to talk a little bit more about the art of gift giving. For this week's Chinwag, and after the two thirty news, Andrew Dembina joins us for this week's Artsing Around, which is basically uh, an update of some local and global art news. And of course, as ever, we welcome you and your thoughts uh, to join us uh, on the program one two three show at rthk.hk. That's one two three show at rthk.hk. You can also find me on Facebook, Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio Three. If you'd like to get in touch. If you have an event that's happening or, or, or doing something great in Hong Kong and like to be on the radio, uh, then feel free to, to get in touch with me uh, via Facebook or through email. 